Hi everyone, Dr. Will Horton here. I wanna talk a little bit today about PTSD and COVID stress and a little bit about how we as NLPers and hypnotists can help people make this change and do some things about it because it's a growing problem. I just read a couple of articles about people suffering from what they're calling COVID stress. You know, they're not being able to come out of the lockdown even though they can and some of the fear and paranoia and trauma responses that a lot of us are having and what we can do to help. So as always, here's my contact info. Uh, www.nfnlp.com is the main website. Uh, follow me on Dr. Will at Real NLP for Twitter. Instagram is just Dr. Will Horton. And of course, you can find me on Facebook and other places. So let's just jump in and get started. So the first question I always say before I start any kind of talk is, what can I learn new today? How can I apply this information? both personally and professionally, because everything we learn, not just helping our clients, but also helping ourselves. And how can I enjoy this little informational class today? And again, I'll keep it fast, make it fun, and we'll get it over. A lot of what we'll start with is the polyvagal theory explained very simply. And it's from the work of Dr. Stephen Porges and many others like NLP. It starts with the work of one person or two and then kind of spreads out. Well, first of all, trauma is a very big deal. It impacts every aspect of your life. But what happens, we tend to associate tr the word trauma with things like combat, car accidents, violent crime, uh, you know, serious illness and things. But when you think of someone who's been tra traumatized, it's, it's a lot broader than you think it is because all trauma is personal. And not only is modern life inherently traumatizing in itself with the fast pace, and in fact, they're a lot of research that says our current pace of the world uh, has outpaced our evolutionary uh, place right now, where our brains and body is not geared for 24-7 news and 24-7 stress and, and all the other things going on. Uh, and now we add in COVID and the lockdown, financial problems, everything that goes with it, there's a lot of trauma out there. <clears throat> So today I wanna to do a quick overview of the polyvagal theory and look at why old ways do not work, then how to unwind that stored trauma, why, why this stops you from all successes, and we might do an experiment. So as we get going, the classical medical model, why it fails is they look at the body as a machine, it's a thing, and that the mind is totally separate. And all they worry about is fixing the machine, surgery, drugs, uh, all these invasive procedures, you know, and they, the mind will follow, all right, or that's all they focus on, uh, and that logic is paramount, right? We see it with one of the classical things going on in the medical model with, with the lockdowns, right, that we act like we're not social creatures, when you hear some of the medical people, we're not social creatures, that when we're separated from loved ones, um, and that physical touch and the things that go on that happen with people, it's okay, right? It's not okay. A lot of people, that's very traumatic, you know, and, uh, but they act like it's just the body and we'll fix that without doing anything else. It's kind of challenging. Excuse me. <clears throat> so basically, let's start with this premise that on the mind side, and I, I, I should put up there, and the limits of the psychological model is that and also the hypnosis and the basic NLP and some of the most of the coaching models is that if you change the thoughts, 
the emotions will change automatically or the behavior will change automatically. That's not true because there are certain things, it's beyond the conscious mind, we say conscious, subconscious, it's beyond the conscious and subconscious mind response. It's a nervous system response that's going on when certain things happen. That's what happens when you're in a trauma response. And one way to look at it is we have three minds. The, the classic is the mind brain, conscious, subconscious, right? But what if the mind is different than they think? And it's an evolutionary mind and it's called the trichamial mind, trichamial mind, uh, the three minds. You have your reptilian brain, your mammalian brain and your higher primate or your social brain. Each one does different things and it's based in our evolutionary process that's in us now. Because you got to remember, you're the result of millions of years of evolution and that it's encoded in your DNA. And a lot of this is how you respond beyond consciousness, mainly to keep you alive. And, you know, different things happen at different parts of our brains and this will cause different responses and a, a voluntary response and an involuntary response. It's like, you know, they show the thing, if you were sitting on the doctor's examining table and they tap that part of your knee, your, your leg's gonna go up. Has nothing to do with mental response. It's beyond that. And your body is just gonna respond. And so that's what we wanna begin to look at. It has to do with your vagus nerve, you know, which goes in the back of your brain down to your body and really connects the gut because you have to remember that almost as much serotonin, dopamine, <clears throat> acetylcholine, all these neurochemicals are created in your gut, adrenaline, that's, that's created in your brain. So they're constantly going back and forth, right? And some of it, boom, is beyond your conscious awareness. But let's start with the highest part of our minds. This is where like, we like to think we live most of the time. And that's our social engagement brain or our higher primate brain. Uh, it's based on social interaction because we're social creatures. This part of our nervous system developed about 200 million years ago. And in the space of evolution, that's an idling. It's fast, right? And this part of our mind developed to read people, faces, posture, friend, and foe. Now, what's interesting with COVID, by wearing a mask, you automatically take away a big part of this social engagement brain. We can't say, are you smiling? Is your teeth grimacing? What's going on? This is in your evolution to keep you alive. So when you take that away, you know, it, 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 it's a muzzling effect, right? And we do this to feel safe. It's also the part of our mind, our social engagement brain that engages our retic reticular activating system, our RAS that we talk about in NLP about rapport, mirroring and matching, you know, words, things like this the social engagement brain can understand words. It, it, it's developed the ability to process language, but it's still primarily feeling. But with that, your reticular activating system is constantly doing one thing above all else, and that's to try to keep you alive. So it's always scanning the entire peripheral of everything going on around you, looking for threats. You know, lions, tigers, bears, warring tribes, and then after that, it looks for food, things that you that you find comfort in, uh, and then mates. That's what your brain's doing. Well, since our our brains now are still like they were 200 million years ago, but we're not being constantly challenged by lions, tigers, bears, um, you know, and, and things are much safer. Well, we figured out ways to retrain your reticular activating system, and that is why if you really focus on something, you'll see it wherever you look. 
if you're looking for, if you decide you want a new car, and let's say you decide you want to get an Audi, suddenly you see an Audi everywhere you look. The day before, you wouldn't notice it, but now you will. If you find a certain type of person attractive, you walk into a crowded room, that's the first people you would spot. Spot. <coughs> Excuse me. But this is the central vagal. It's a place where we are present with ourselves. And that means we can be comfortable, we can feel safe, secure, and happy. I always say where a lot of the NLP people miss, uh, miss the boat on teaching rapport and getting people to feel comfortable. It's about, some people say it's about like making people think you're a friend or you know something like that. When really it's just about making someone feel comfortable, that they're safe. At that moment, they're safe. Once they got that, then you can do other things. So that's our social engagement brain. And then we go back one level deeper, right? And again, this connects our vagus nerve all the way through our body. And we have the, the mammalian brain. It's also called the sympathetic activation part of our brain. It's the mammalian brain. And it's a state of mobilization and it acts quickly to cause you to react, right? It's why if there's a sudden loud explosion, you'll jump. You're, you're not thinking about jumping. You'll just instantly jump and it'll go into fight or flight instantaneously, beyond, unless you train it to go beyond that, right? Uh, it's correlated with tension, stress, feeling chaotic, anxiety. It's an older part of our brain. It's about 400 million years old. It does not understand language. It only understands feelings and threats. And it's there to make you run away or to fight. There's no in between, right? And lots of discomfort, pain, and tension when you're in this part of the brain. Now, the dorsal branch of the vagus nerve, the deepest part, is your reptilian brain. It's over 500 million years old. It's the freeze response. Just think about a lizard. When you, uh, they'll freeze. They won't move if they're scared, right? It's how they respond. It has to do with when they were developing, um, a lot of the predators that would pick on them, their eyes only noticed movement. So if you weren't moving, you were blind. They, were, you know, they didn't see you. So, but when you're in this response, you're unable to take any action. You feel stuck. And in a light dorsal branch of your brain, you feel lethargic, despondent, no motivation, helplessness, shame happens in this part of your brain, lack of feeling capable. If you've ever had a period in your life where you shut down or maybe you didn't fight back, you didn't stand up and say something, you froze and you want to beat yourself up going, why did I do that? Why did I do that? It was your brain. You were at, you were in a reactionary mode. You couldn't you couldn't do anything. And basically, these two parts, um, you know, they they call our sympathetic system. The when you're in fight or flight or freeze is the sympathetic system, right? You dilate pupils. You know, your your brain begin your higher brain shut down. You're only trying to survive, and we call that fight or flight. And our parasympathetic system, we call that rest and recuperate. You're relaxed, you're, 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 you're calm, you're, you're, your body can digest food. If you stay in the sympathetic system, that's where you get an upset stomach. That's why I like before you have to, if you know you got to do something that might make you nervous, don't eat a big meal. We know all these things. So this is what we're beginning to deal with with, with this. So we have our sympathetic activation versus shutdown, right? 
And but from a health standpoint, you cannot stay in fight, flight, or freeze for prolonged periods of time, right? Basically, your heart will explode, right? And if you stay in a low level for a long time, you feel burnout, right? And modern life in and of itself, even before COVID, is very stressful. It's unrelenting. The news never stops. Uh, a lot of us, if you're, if you're probably over the age of 40, uh, maybe you can remember back when there was no 24-7 news cycle before CNN got big. You know, you had your morning news, maybe six o'clock news and 10 o'clock news. It didn't come at you relentlessly. You had the newspaper. You didn't have the internet. So it wasn't coming at you 24-7, all right? It's, now it's really chaotic. Our, our environment does not align with our nervous system, right? And so if you stay here too long, it, it will literally burn you out. And one of the things that we're noticing across the board is it's called COVID stress, COVID burnout. It's, it's been unrelenting for 14 months, right? It never stops. As soon as it's seen, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and boom, it's a train hitting you. Boom, there's something else, right? And, they've in, and it comes at you relentlessly. And so it's been incorporated for a lot of people into their nervous system. You know, uh, I see it when someone see there, I was in a store, there were people walking around and you could see the terror in their eyes, just seeing other people, especially other people who didn't have a mask on, right? So it was, they were in a COVID response situation. And will that, as things open up, we're gonna see some things. We're gonna see the pressure cooker effect because as your sympathetic system rises and you're hyperactive, and your body's like, we can't sustain this. So they put a lint on it. So you calm down, right? But it's a false calm. It's like you have a cap on yourself. And then what'll happen? Some one little thing will happen and boom, you'll just explode. It might be anger. It could be fear. It could be crying. You just, or you'll totally shut down. Like I can't handle it. And you'll just literally collapse, right? And we're beginning to experience, and you're seeing it in medical things now, impaired digestive function, physical recovery is not coming back as quick as it should. Your mental capabilities are slipping. There's a whole thing called, um, you know, online meeting burnout, Zoom burnout, and I'm recording this, you know, Zoom burnout. Um, and so what can we do about this, right? And we are relationship creatures, you know, um, and being in these stress states makes it impossible to cultivate those strong, heartfelt, authentic relationships with other human beings. We are not automatons. We were not built as the current beings that we are to be totally by ourselves. The whole idea of a lone wolf or a total hermit is rare, right? Your physical health, emotional health, mental health dep depends on, on your connections with other human beings. I teach the whole thing on part of the reason for an addiction is the lack of connection with other people. And so if you've been in dorsal vagal shutdown, uh, freeze response, or even fight or flight response, how do you think you're going to relate to groups of people as it opens up? Will you be able to heal, connect, become less fearful? You know, and things that should be pleasurable, they've taught us, they've anchored us to be fearful, hugging, shaking hands, intimacy, closeness has become a source of threat. So what we want to do is look at realizing also that words don't work. 
You know, it's not about changing your beliefs or your thoughts. These parts of our brains are 400, 500 million years old. They don't know language exists. You can't have a rational conversation with them. You can't do parts therapy with this part of your brain. It does not work. These are feelings, sense of pressure. And people that have that, they'll say it's like a, it's like a block. You know, I use the term, it's like a, a clogged drain, right? And maybe you can do a little therapy, a little NLP, a little a, a, a hypnotic technique. And it's like poking a slight hole through the clogged drain. And the water may trickle out a little bit, but then it's going to clog back up and come back. And that's what happens most of the time. That's why a lot of therapy works short term and then bam, it's blocked up even more, right? So even if you don't really think right now, there's a lot in your life to be stressed about, you know, if there's a trigger, maybe you have that explosion thing. You just can't handle another thing, right? And so we're beginning to see this. So how do you unwind or release the stored trauma or stress in your body. Because contrary to the medical model, your body's not a thing. Contrary to the psychological model, just changing your thoughts will not remove a nervous system block because your body interacts constantly with the, with the nervous system, right? You know, I mean, your body and the nervous system react to the environment constantly. And sensory nerve cells gather all kinds of information about your body's position, temperature, pressure, all the things going on to keep you alive. This is way beyond your consciousness. It's there to keep you alive, right? And it's constantly searching for existential threats that will kill you. And your body is your unconscious or deep subconscious mind. And at the deepest level, um, it just is going to respond. And remember, Trauma doesn't break you like a piece of glass. You know, it causes a shift in your nervous system. Sometimes it's like the glass, if this was glass, it's, it's, it's red, or you can't see it. It's ready to be shattered, right? It's ready to be shattered. And if you get the right sh shapes on it or just enough pressure, it's just gonna explode. That's another way to look at it. And if, if it's not processed, processed out, it's stored up. That's what post-traumatic stress disorder is. And these are things beyond words. It's impossible to release using words. It's impossible to release using just an NLP or hypnosis technique. So what you want to do is learn some new things. And one is that the key, one of the keys is a healthy, well-regulated nervous system. Um, it, it can burn off that stress very quickly, you know. Maybe you fight, flight, or freeze for a moment, but then you can work through it. This is why if you have a pause between trauma events, it's easier to burn through and burn out that, that response in your body, right? Because problems happen when it's not properly discharged from your nervous system. Your conscious mind will rationalize, uh, uh, make, you know, have it try to make sense out of you, and it won't, right? And this can last for days, weeks, months, years, your entire lifetime. There is some thought multiple lifetimes, right? That certain things are passed down epigenetically. That's another talk I'll talk about later, but it's subconscious threat or trauma. And trauma isn't what just happened to you. It's the dysregulated state that's a result of what happened to you. And this is what we have to be in to learn to work with, you know, Stress and trauma form the emotional roots of pain and tension in your body, right? Unresolved trauma 
and emotional scars in your body shifts your brain into survival state, which affects how you see the entire world. If you're walking around the world thinking everything's a threat, and for the last year, over a year, they put us in threat mode, constant threat mode, right? Your health is going to suffer, right? Your mental outlook is going to suffer. And that's living in a state of constant threat. It's like you've been in combat for months, maybe, uh, been in a highly charged situation that you can't get out of. And does this affect your ability to connect with other people, friends, family members, spouses, significant others, children? Oh, hell yes, it does, right? And it may cause you to go through parts of your life never being fully present, right? It's like you have a splintered soul because trauma zombifies you. You know, in the classical post-traumatic stress world, they call it, they, they talk about when you see somebody with a thousand yard stare, right? They're there, but they're not there. We're seeing some of that, but mainly we're seeing at one level below that, right? They're not fully present in their life. They're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Everything's a threat. What's going to happen next? All of this kind of stuff. This is what we have to do. So you have to learn to open your mind and open your heart. Many of the body-based trauma healing modalities emerging from modern neuroscience are neurobiology and neurobiology. They mirror the old shamanic healing traditions for recovering a person's splintered soul. Now we could make fun of it, but oh my God, it works. You know, we've, rem we've removed the connection with that part of ourselves, right? Because trauma causes your nervous system to communicate a lack of safety to your brain. We're not put back into a sense of safety, right? And even something as simple as, let's say you have a stressful job. So you work all day at the job and you're driving home from the office. That 30 minute drive was your decompression time, right? That was a time maybe you could reconnect with yourself. So then when you get home, you could communicate with your significant other, your children, your pets, whatever it was, right? Well, Maybe things happen, things locked down, you started working from home, which also blended certain boundaries in your mind, and you had no time to naturally ramp up to go to work and ramp down after work, right? So what began to happen is, excuse me, it's, a, it's like a trauma. It's just a trauma. It, it, you didn't have this downtime, right? And so now you're disconnecting even more, right? And it's like when little kids have trauma, it's not its not always, it could be something bad, you know, like a physical, mental, emotional, sexual abuse, but sometimes it's just the needs that aren't met because the parent was incapable, you know? Parent might've been a raging alcoholic or a narcissist and they didn't beat you or, or overtly abuse you, but they never were there for you. They didn't show you the love, care, and support that you didn't get. So you, growing up, you never learned how to feel safe. And that can be a, a trauma. And it breaks down resistance to everything. This COVID stress things going around the world is a virus. Well, if they put you in a situation that breaks down your natural immune system because of the stress that it's creating, will it make you more susceptible to the, to the viruses and the bacteria that's out there that can get you sick. Yes, right? So we gotta begin to look with some of those things. So how do you release it, right? Well, what we have to do is learn how to discharge trauma that's and restore a felt sense of safety in our bodies. This cannot come from your brain. This cannot come through a, 
saying an affirmation or even a hypnotic state. You have to learn how to do it physically. That's what I'll be teaching in my, you know, in the new basic NLP techniques that I teach. Um, part of it will be because I found this very useful once I started to become a, a trauma uh, recovery expert from the from the world of neuroscience, right? And, and once you learn and teach others how to discharge this trauma, bringing you out of a survival mode into a safety mode, then you can really address even the other things that we always deal with as hypnotists and helpers and in coaches, right? And that's why it begins when I see this and once it was taught, I go, oh, this is why, contrary to what a lot of the people will supposedly claim 100% success with some NLP or hypnosis technique, this is beyond that. But once you learn this, those stubborn things that happen, it can help you make these changes, right? Because again, it has to be addressed at the body level, right? It, and it's a sensation. It's not words, it's not pictures, it's not beliefs, but sensations. And that's what most of us were not trained in. So we learn how to, we have to learn how to release this. And again, it can't come from your brain because your body states, the body states that you're in influence consciousness. So as you tap into the feelings of what your body is, your mind becomes more present, centered, and relaxed. Then you can attack the dysfunctional beliefs, the dysfunctional behaviors, the dysfunctional reactions in your body, right? But if it's stored in the body, it has to be addressed in the body. So the way out is through. You have to get out of your mind. You literally have to come into your senses. People say, come to your senses. Maybe that was a old way of saying, get back into your body. Not, not, not your thoughts, but your body. Because it's actually our body talking to us. Because our body states influence consciousness. Your body is your mind and your mind is your body. They are one. And so what we want to do is begin to address this. And again, when people self-sabotage, what I want to begin to also address that I'll be addressing in the trainings is PTSD and self-sabotage. If you ever, if you are clients, they get in that cycle of self-sabotage. I almost become successful and then I blow it up. I almost become success, get a good relationship, then I blow it up. I almost do this, then I blow it up. Again, it could be this PTSD kind of response, a, a trauma response, trying to keep you safe, right? And that's why people go, I don't know why I blew up that relationship, that job, that you know, I got that money and then next thing I know I blew it all because that it's like a clog that'll sabotage your own success. And this is what we'll begin to work with. And so join me in a real time experiment. That's what I'll be doing in the, in what I'm teaching uh, the basic NLP and uh, any of the NLP uh, classes, this will become a permanent part of it. So if you have any questions, reach out, get in touch with me, shoot me a message again at the, at the uh, uh, information I gave at the beginning, and we'll have some fun with this. And I look forward to seeing you as we trudge the road to happy destiny, as I say, because this is really causing us to look at everything we do much, much differently. So join me as we take this to the next level. Have a great day.